The greatest commission that Christ ever gave was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. If there was ever a time for the gospel that can transform the human heart, it's now. Time is short. The gospel alone has light for a world of darkness. The gospel alone has a remedy for the world's sickness. The gospel alone has life for the world's death. This gospel could transform individuals, and those individuals could transform society. We have come in this generation and stopped short. But Christ said, go. Hey, hey, what's up, Summit Park? Thanks so much. You can have a seat. Thanks for doing that, even though Nathan made you. I still feel affirmed. Okay, I still receive every bit of that. What a treat to be back at Summit Park. What's up to everybody over at the uh, South Campus, as well as the church family that's joining online today. So glad that you're staying connected. And uh, man, for my wife, Casey, and me, anytime we get to come back to Summit Park Church, we just get super-duper excited. And so Casey is, is here with me this weekend, uh, along with two of our Sharons. Uh, so we have six kids, and our youngest two are here with us, and uh, we've already just had so much fun coming. There, there are a lot of reasons why we enjoy coming to Summit Park Church. One is just because... It's just an awesome church. Like, I don't know what you think about your church. I don't know. Okay, some of y'all didn't. I think I like your church better than you do. I mean, come on. Don't you love your church? Put your hands together. You love your church? This is an awesome church. It really is. There's something special about this church. The way God is working at Summit Park, it's, it's unique. It's, it's something that really is cool just to see what he's up to. And uh, I, I would say as well that... Um, Whenever we get to come, it's always fun because I, I get to hang out with your pastor, my friend, Pastor Scott, and uh, Casey just loves and adores Jen. We, we love them. We love their family. And you're blessed in this church, not, not simply because of what the, the fruit that we can look, look at and see what God is doing, because that could be a temporary or that could be just thankful for yesterday. But what's so exciting is how God is using your leadership to take this church forward right? How many of you know that the best days for what God is doing at Summit Park are not behind us, but they are ahead of us? Do you really believe that? Can you show appreciation today for Pastor Scott and Jen? Come on, put your hands together. Let them know that you love them and that you honor them. I honor you, man, because it is a Bible thing to do, but it's from the heart. Like, I just, I respect your leadership. I respect the spiritual leadership. I respect the courageous faith. I respect the tenacity. I respect uh, just the drive, the hunger to see Jesus made famous in this place and the way that you lead uh, just with a complete, total abandonment and obedience. And so for that reason, I'm just not surprised when you see God going, I'm going to bless some of that right there. I'm just going to bless it. So love you, respect you, man. Uh, excited to jump into today's talk as we look at this final week here in this series on launch and really to look at the gospel and how that the love of God, what it looks like, what that love story is all about and how it's played out. As today we come to uh, a, a portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 28 that's referred to as the Great Commission. Before I read that passage to you, I just want to share a quick story with you. When I was in junior high, 
uh, I had a friend who lived across the street, and he and his family were going to be going on vacation, and they asked me to watch their house for them while they were away. Part of that responsibility would be the most important part, and that is to take care of their beautiful dog, uh, Bear was the name of the dog. It was this collie that looked identical, exactly like Lassie. Anybody remember the dog Lassie? Come on, wave at me if you have, right? A few of you, some of you are like, man, hey, if you don't know about Lassie, you need Jesus. All right, let me just say that. You have missed out. You need the Lord's help. All right, so Lassie always saved the day. So they loved their dog like crazy. And uh, so uh, one day, though, I, I noticed that that bear, uh, Lassie, had dug a hole under the fence and had gotten out from the backyard. And so I went across the street and I'm trying to corral the dog, right? So I'm like, come here. And I'm chasing the dog. The dog won't come. And I'm like, no, no, come over here. And I'm going back and forth. And then, and as I was chasing it this way, the dog was running from me and it ran out into the street. And have you ever had moments like that to where all of a sudden life just kicks into slow motion? You ever had that before? Something, it's just like, it stops. And I was like, and I look at Lassie, Bear, and I look and I see a car. And I look and I see Bear. And the car is getting closer as the dog is getting out into the street. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't even know how to say it in church. I feel like this is such a somber moment right now that we have small children. Hey. Lassie's in a better place right now. Let's just say it like that, okay? Lassie is in a better place. I can't support that theologically. I can't show you in the Bible where it says we don't know for sure that dogs go to heaven. We do know cats don't. We know that part, but we don't know for sure about dogs. But um, <laughs> so, so the family comes home. And uh, I literally can hear them from across the street at my house. I hear them, like, calling for their dog, right? So I look out, and I see them kind of unpacking the car or whatever. And so I, I, I go over there, and I was just like, I was sick at my stomach. I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is just, this is just terrible. You know, this is, this is horrible. And, and so I'm walking over there. The, the parent, I believe it was the mom who walked up, and she's like, hey, how are you doing? Thanks so much for everything you did. And so she gives me, like, this little thank you gift, right? <laughs> she gives it to me, and I'm like, and so I'm holding it in my hand. I'm like, oh, about that time, my friend, their son, comes around the corner from the backyard. He's like, hey, I can't find Bear. Where's Bear? And um, I was like, well, man, have you ever wanted Jesus to come back, like, right now? Like, right now in that moment, like, blow the trumpet, Jesus. Like, ah, take me home. I just want it out of there. I was like, oh, this is horrible. Oh, man. And I was sitting there holding that gift. I just want to be like... You can have it back. You know, I just wanted to give it back, but I explained to them that the dog had dug a hole. And I didn't do it. The gate was closed. The dog dug a hole. You can see the hole. The dog got out. I was trying to get the dog back, and it, it, and it ran straight into heaven. And so anyway, I was, I was But I remember the look there in that moment. I remember the boy started crying. I remember, but they looked at me like, you had one job. You ever heard that phrase before? 
Somebody say that, and usually what they're meaning is you had one and you didn't do it. That's what they're saying. You had one thing to do, and you didn't do it. Now, I've got a lot of stories like that. Have you ever been in a situation before to where you thought, oh, I had one job and I blew it? Come on, don't leave me by myself. Wave at me if you've had that happen before. You know, one job and you didn't do it. I feel like at times I kind of take that little phrase, that little thought, and I apply it to what's called in Scripture the Great Commission. And the reason I say that is this passage of Scripture that we're about to look at in Matthew chapter 28 in just a second. So here's the setting, if you will. Uh, Jesus had left heaven and come to earth. God became flesh, and he did it on a rescue mission to rescue you and me and all of humanity from our sin and the consequence of sin. And so as Jesus comes, he has followers who buy into his good news story, the gospel. They buy into it, and they become followers of Jesus. They've watched him do miracles. They've seen him do the supernatural. They watched him give his life a sacrificial act of love as he died on the cross. And so they watch that, and then they see the unthinkable, the resurrection of Jesus. But before he leaves, before he goes back to heaven, he gets some of his disciples together and he gives them this next step, if you will. He gives them this, this, the marching orders, if you will. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. If you're ready for this, say, uh-huh. Come on, if you mean it, say, oh, yeah. Verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They were just struggling with this. They were working through it, like what all is going on? It's the culmination of Jesus' earthly ministry. It says this in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority. Somebody say, All authority. Come on, shout, All authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go, make disciples of all nations. Somebody say all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything. Somebody say everything. Everything I've commanded you. And then he says, and yo. Well, technically it says surely, but surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he gets his group together, and he's like, before I leave, let me just tell you, here's where you go from here. You may just say it this way. He's like, here's your one job. You've experienced this hope this healing, this abundant life that I've come through. You've experienced it, but I'm going away to prepare a place for you. So I'm going to go get your spot in heaven ready so that where I'm going to be, you can come and you can be there with me, but I'm leaving you here for now because I'm giving you a job. And here's the job. I want you to go everywhere you can and tell as many people as you can while you still can about this good news that you've experienced. It's called the Great Commission. That's the one job. That's the plan. But can I be honest with you that when I look at just my track record with that, I, I'm just pretty convinced that there are times that God just looks at me and goes, dude, You've got one job. Can't you just focus? Can't you just stay on track? Could you quit missing so many? Sometimes I just fumble the assignment. And maybe you found yourself there as well. And sometimes I even wonder, like, what, 
the people are that we're trying to love, the people that we're trying to care for and introduce them to Jesus, sometimes I wonder what they would even think about this whole message that I'm communicating. As a matter of fact, I know without a doubt that in a, in a crowd this size, there are people in here today that you've yet to say yes to Jesus. Uh, you've yet to say, you know what, I'm, I'm putting all my hope in the story of this book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender my life to God. Maybe even somebody watching online, maybe you just jumped online for just a minute here. Somehow you stumbled on you know, to this feed, I don't know. But as you're watching, I get it that there are some people that you're just checking all this out. And can I just tell you, it's not by chance that you are hearing this. Like We, we just prayed that, that this would be a, a message that would help a lot of people and, and would encourage a lot of people. I'm so pumped that you're here and that you're hearing this. And, and while you're listening in, I want you to know, I'm talking to those who have said yes to Jesus and our responsibility to share that message with others. But can I just tell you, fellow Jesus followers, sometimes we just get it mixed up and there's no wonder why people are confused at times. Let me ask you this. You've ever driven by some of those church signs before and they just made you laugh? Come on, I love a good, funny church sign. Do you? You know what I'm talking about? Some of them are like, some of them are good. Some of them are like, oh, that was catchy. I see what you did there. Like, that was funny. And then there are some of them that you're like, what are you talking about? You know, letters missing. I can't even tell what the sentence is. And then, then there are some of them that you're just like, that just sounds mean. Like, step number one. You need to get saved. Number two, come change your church sign. You know, some are just like that. I've got some church signs that I want to show you. Okay, so here's one right here. It's Bible quiz. How many verses in the Bible are about eagles and patriots? Eagles, there are 33. Patriots, zero. So that's a good one. I think that's biblical. I think that's a good one right there. Okay, here's another one for you. All right, respect your parents. They passed school without Google. Come on, where are your parents? Where are you? For real education right there. We just, we did it the right. Okay, so here's another one for you. All right. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. Oh! Now that has nothing to do with Summit Park Church. That is not true for this place. I hear Pastor Scott preaching. He is a great preacher. If you think he's a great preacher, come on, put your hands together. Oh, that's a good preacher. Oh, he's a good preacher. All right, so I just wanted to clear that. Oh, now this dude here, he's got it going on. Look at that. Repent, turn to Jesus, or burn, you sinner. I mean, don't you just see that and think, well, that's effective. I mean, is that what comes to your mind? I don't know what comes to your mind, but I, I, I wouldn't say. Now, can God use something like that? Hey, I'm convinced if he can use me, he can use anybody. So can God use something like that? Okay, okay, because he's God. Maybe somebody will go to heaven because they see that, and they're like, you know what? I'm in. All right, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'm cool. Sign me up. Like, maybe so. I would suggest to the dude there, though, there might be another way. There might. I can't think of like three or 4,000 uh, other ways just to try it again. And, uh, and yet when I look at my attempts, sometimes I'm just like, what message are people getting from me about Jesus? Like, what does the sign of my life read about this gospel that I claim has changed me from the inside out? What about you? What do you think that your life story is telling people if they're trying to discover the, just who God is and what he's all about or what is this Bible or whether or not I'm, I'm, I'm buying in? Like, when they look at your life, what is it that you're communicating? Well, we should be communicating 
the Great Commission, and yet sometimes it's just not uh, happening as, as well as we would like for it to. That's why I quickly, I just want to give you three things that I think are going to help you. All right, three things I think will assist us in our effort and our attempt to carry out the Great Commission. Why don't you tell your friend on the left or on the right, hey, you better take notes, you better listen, you need this, you really need this big time. Three things, number one would be that it must be our priority. We need to make it our priority to carry out the Great Commission. Is it your priority? Um, one year we were, we were going to this youth camp, and, uh, and <laughs> this camp was located like out in the middle of nowhere, which is where a lot of camps are located, right? Which works great for, like, Christian camps and, and whatnot because, you know, you just get kids out in the middle of the woods. And you're like, hey, what if a bear eats you? You going to heaven? Come on, you better pray right now. So it kind of works well. Uh, but this one, it was even, it was even just a, a little bit more just emotionally charged because we found out that there had been a killing in the area and the murderer had fled and was on the run and they were trying to catch him and they had him located, cornered somehow, assumed to be in the area, in the wooded area somewhere near our youth camp. So you can imagine as leaders, we're a little on edge, like no joke, not making up when there are helicopters like flying over the area, right? So we, we were just, just a little bit, just a little bit nerve wracking. And so, you know, we're just trying. But at the same time, can I be honest with you? We had some altar calls, though. I mean, we had some, some good. Hey, you better get in here and pray. You know, so it was some good moments of ministry. But towards the end of it, whenever it came time to go, uh, I mentioned we have six kids. And so anytime we load up, you got to do the head count. You know, you got to do roll call. You got to make sure everybody's there. Well, you just leave people places. You know, you got so many of you, you don't know. And so we're going down through it and all loaded up in the family minivan. And Candace here. Oh, Kelly Grace here. Okay, yeah, Bria, Bria. Where's Bria? Can't find Bria. And so my wife, Casey, in a moment like that, we kind of, Casey and I are a little different on things like this. So Casey might be a little bit over on this side. Uh, I would call it maybe a little bit extreme, not trying to be offensive. I'm just saying I, th I think she can get worked up a little easily, a little too quickly. You know, I'm just like, hey, relax. But just if she can't find, where's Bria? She immediately thinks terrorist. That's probably, you know, what's happened here. It's been a, it's been a, a terrorist kidnapping. They already have her somewhere over, overseas, somewhere, something bad. They're currently in this moment. She's being tortured. Okay, so that's where Casey can go. And then you've got me over here on the other side. And I'm like, uh, you know what? We got five more kids. Let's load up. Let's roll. It's time to go. <laughs> I am totally being serious. I'm not being serious. I'm joking. All right, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like that. But I would be a little more chill, right? So I'm like, hey, just call, just, real, let's go. Somebody call her. Let's go. So they're looking for her. And, and they can't find her. And I'm like, what do y'all mean you can't find her? So now we're like, we're all going around. So you, you tell the, the leaders, hey, could you guys help us look for Bria? Can't find Bria. I've been looking for her. Can't find Bria. And we're telling the security, hey, can you help? Anybody seen Bria? Nobody seen Bria? Okay, we're looking for Bria. If y'all can help us. We go down to the lake. Bria, she's not there. We're going to look, go into the cabins. Bria, she's not answering. Going to the cafeteria. Bria, she's not saying anything. So then your heart starts racing a little bit, right? You start thinking, man, maybe Casey's right. Maybe there is tears. Maybe, okay, I don't know. Somebody, they, they came and got her. And so, Bria. I can't find her. And uh, one day Casey told me, she said, you know, when you told that story about Bria, you never finished it. The people at the church, they have no idea if we ever found her or not. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So back to Matthew chapter 2018. I want us to, <laughs> no, 
I'll tell you. All right, so I'll tell you. So a little while later, Bria comes out. It's like, Bria, where in the world were you? She said, I was in the cabin. What do you mean your cabin? Didn't you hear me? Like I went in there and didn't see. I was calling. She said, I was under the bed. And I, Why didn't you answer me when I was calling? She said, because we were playing hide and seek, and I didn't want them to catch me. I'm about to catch you right now. I was like, what in the world? Can I tell you, though, when we were looking for her, like, I was not like, well, we've got five more. If you, as a parent, have ever had uh, your son or your daughter, maybe they were in a grocery store and they were on a different aisle or maybe at an amusement park and you got separated a little bit, like, it's hard to describe just that sense and that, feel, that feeling of I'm trying to find my son or my daughter and what's interesting about that is if in the mo in, in, in that moment in the midst of me trying to find her like if you had come up to me and wanted to talk about the chiefs if you had come up and want to talk to me about I'd be like I don't even care about that right now like I'm trying to find my daughter like name the topic pick the topic I would not care I'm uninterested because I'm extremely focused and what I would suggest to you that when it comes to carrying out the Great Commission that the one job that we have is, hey, this is why your heart's still beating. As a matter of fact, we see that modeled even in Jesus' life. And, and he's the one who said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, listen to it. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. Why did Jesus come to earth? What was the point? What was the purpose? Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the the lost. Why did Jesus come? Why was he here? Listen, Jesus came to this earth. The reason he came to this earth is the reason why you and I are still on this earth. The point, and he came to seek and to save the lost. The reason why you and I are still here, the only reason you and I are still here is to seek and to save the lost. It's not a priority. It is the priority. It's not because I'm a Christian I probably ought to do that from time to time. Because I say love God, I should look for an opportunity. It's the only reason your heart is still beating. It's the only reason. How many of you think it would have been cool if right when you got saved... Right when you prayed a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, you just go straight to heaven. How many think that would have been awesome? Wouldn't that be cool if you're just like, and forgive me of my sins and be Lord of my life in Jesus' name, amen. And you're just like, I'm in heaven right now. Wouldn't that have been awesome? Like, I, for real, I'm just like, God, that could have been a cool idea. I wish you'd have consulted me. That would have been awesome. Would have loved it. But it didn't happen like that, and there's a reason. He said, now that you've been changed by my grace, now that you've been saved by my love, now that you've been filled with hope, now I want you to go and tell somebody this story. We call it the gospel. To tell this story about the good news of Jesus. So I'm going to prepare a place for you. You stay here, but I want you to get this word out. You have, somebody say it with me, one job. It has to be not a priority, but the priority. My question for you today is, how hard does hell have to work to knock you off track, to get you off mission? What does the devil have to come up with to cause you to miss out on your one job? How hard does hell have to work? 
For some of us, it's just way too stinking easy. I mean, it's just, I just sometimes make it too easy on the devil. Like some, some of us, we get off mission at a, at a YMCA uh, 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 eight and under flag football game. I mean, we'll just lose Jesus. We'll just lose our salvation right there. You're screaming, you're hollering, you're cussing at the referee. You know, you're losing your mind. Come on, don't act like you don't know. Like, you know or you are the you know. I mean, you either know or you know. Like, it happens, right? People just like, what are you all about? I tell you what I'm about right there. Somebody needs to throw a flag. Somebody, I'm... That's what I'm about. Or sometimes it's like my career. I can be some so I can become so consumed, fill in the blank, whatever. Teacher, doctor, lawyer, coach, carpenter, businessman, business deal. I've got to close this deal. And we get so immersed in that is as if we think that all of our identity and all of our purpose is tied to that. Really? That's it? That's why you woke up. That's why you think your heart is still beating. See, the enemy would love it. For some of us, all he has to do to throw us off track is that he can look at some people in Summit Park, and, and the thought is, man, they're getting too plugged in. They're getting too, they're too, getting too radical about this. Man, they're going too consistently. Uh, they're starting to serve. I see spiritual depth in the family. Man, they're all in on God. We got to do something. And all he has to do is throw a little money at us. Promotion. All you have to do is relocate. And we're willing to walk away from something that God is doing in us and in our family. And we're going to go over here. Why? Dollar an hour raise. Really? That's all it took? What would it take? Just for you to become distracted. I'm not saying every move is of the devil. My question is, what does it take to distract you? If he can't destroy your walk with God, he'll distract you from the mission of God. And that's what we can't allow to happen. So it's not about a career. It's not about money. It's not about sports. It's not about politics. It's not about vaccines. It's not about masks. Can somebody say amen? It's just not. It's crazy to me to think how distracted, how easily we distracted we can become. It's as if hell could have a, a, a board meeting and a little demon come up there in hell and say, I've got it figured out. I know how we can stop the church in its track. I know how that we can put a halt to this. See the presentation. And it comes up on the screen in hell. And all it is is a picture of a mask. And the devil's like, perfect. I would look at that and be like, hey, man, it's going to take more than that. And I'm like, well, actually, the devil had a point. I mean, it's working. I would say, man, there are things that the enemy would love to do to cause us to try and make a point instead of making a difference, to win an argument instead of winning a soul. God, help us to say, this is my priority. This is what I'm all about. God, use me to do this one job. Somebody say one job. Number two, I would say that we need to make it practical. It must be practical. 
when we talk about carrying out the Great Commission, think about that. Unless you've been around church for a while, what would that even mean? The Great Commission? That's like, uh, as opposed to the not-so-great commission? Are we talking about a sales deal? You know, are we talking about getting paid extra? What are we talking about? Something that's a commission that is so great. Well, we know we're talking about getting the word out, going into all of the world. But a lot of times, as followers of Jesus, we can be uh, so just maybe swept along by these spiritual concepts that it never becomes practical. It never becomes uh, lived out in our lives. But how many of you know that true spirituality has to put some street shoes on, right? You got to go somewhere with it. You got to do it. But but just honestly, by a show of hands, you'd be for real like, you know what? I want to change the world. Like, honestly, come on, raise your hand if you do. Raise your hand and change the world. Some of y'all some of you are like, oh, I love it, just the way it is. I don't want to change a thing because you didn't vote. You didn't even raise your hand. For those of you that want to change the world, like I, I do, and I use that phrase, but what do I even mean by that? What do I mean by that? I want to reach the lost. What do you want to reach? Reach out and take their hand. What do you want to reach the lost? Like, what do you mean? I want to evangelize the world. What do you mean by that? Those are not bad phrases, the Christianese that we sometimes use. I use those. Nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying we can't be stuck so far hiding behind that that we never go and do something with it. Like, how are you going to change the world? How are you going to carry hope to the hurting? Like, it sounds awesome, but what does it look like? And I would suggest to you it looks like this it looks like this everybody have one in your seat could you just grab it and hold it for a second you look at this little you look at this little card here this little invite you think about that this is coming up what is it september the 12th that it's coming up september 12th here's what we're trying to do we're trying to move beyond just the i can't wait to get to heaven and in the meantime I want to be a part of a church that does some fun things because I love inflatables. How many of you know that's not the goal? That's not what we're after. No, no, no. We're getting together as a church because we like to eat. We've grown accustomed to it. Do it just about every day. Love it when we do it at the church. Love it when it's free. That just sounds fun. We're going to go. Listen, it's going to be fun. There are going to be inflatables. God's, God's going to use it because it is a practical next step. Something that you can say, this is what the Great Commission looks like. It's not the church's job to reach the world. Right? It's how do I practically take out and live out what God has started in my heart? What does it look like? It means that I take this with me. I'm not just here and be like, oh, that looks fun. That's cool. Okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. Why? No, it's a priority. That's why I've got one job. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Thank you, Pastor Nate. Thank you, team. Thank you, church, for giving me an opportunity. You just, you just you armed me up. You gave me such a word. Now I can say, to friend, hey, man, I grabbed this for you. I wanted to give it to you. We're going to have a blast, man. It's going to be great food. Hey, bring the kids. We're going to have inflatables and stuff. I'll meet you there. See you there at such and such a time. We have armed you up with a chance to be practical so that we don't just sit back and say, the Great Commission, the Great Commission. What does that mean? I don't know. But I'm all about it. Reach the world. How? Hope, Jesus, like do something. 
And I just like one, like you may go crazy. You may go crazy and take two, okay? Today when you leave, you may be like, hey, I know I'm asking a lot. Can I just, just one extra? Okay? Yes! Take it. And then when you go, you go to work, you go to school, you go to school tomorrow, you go to work tomorrow, go have these with you. As a matter of fact, why don't you go like with a gift in hand? Like going to work tomorrow, or on your way to work, why don't you take some, pick up some Starbucks and just walk in? You know you'll be the, the, the team favorite, right? you just be the crowd. you just walk in with some Starbucks. You go in with some Krispy Kreme. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, you just, just take some <laughs> Krispy Kreme in there. And everybody's going, mm, thanks so much. You're like, yeah, you're welcome. Hey, and too, I want to give you this too. You're welcome to come with me. Listen, it's hard to say no to somebody with some Krispy Kreme in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Just slip it right on in there. Just be like, hey, there you go, and bring it. What are you doing? Proverbs chapter 18 says that the gift makes way for the giver. Practical. Somebody moves into your neighborhood, show up on the front door with a gift. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. They're like, oh, I like being a friendly neighbor. Oh, that's good. But there's more to it. Great commission. One job. One purpose. One reason. You're on the soccer team. You're sitting there on the sidelines. You thought you were just going in to get something at the grocery store. God is setting it up. He's, he's divine appointments. Watch for them. Step into it. Let God use you. Be a game changer. That's what it looks like. We invest. We invite. We're a bringer. We say, come with me. Let me give you this third and this final piece, and then we're going to wrap up. What does it look like to carry out the Great Commission? It must be a priority. It must be it must be practical. we got to make it, number three, personal. Make it personal. Um, when it comes to sharing our faith, my relationship with the Lord is deeply personal in the sense that it's my story. What it's not meant to be, some people would want to live out their lives as if, our religious experience this is supposed to be private in terms of we don't talk about it or we don't share it. I would just submit to you that it's probably the most personal thing that we should be the most public about and that it makes no sense to say, I was going through a difficult time in my life. I was going through something difficult in my family. I was going through a hard season. Man, I turned to God. God rescued me. He helped me. He's given me hope. And I would tell you how you could experience it. But unfortunately for you, this is a private deal. Good luck. How many of you know that's dumb? That doesn't even make sense. Hang in there. No, the whole story of the gospel and the good news is me telling the story of God through the story of my life and sharing it so that others can experience the good news of Jesus Christ. What does it look like to make it a priority, to make it practical, to make it personal? It means that I am willing to say I'm willing to personally sacrifice. I'm going to jump in and serve God's house. I'm going to be a part of how God is using this place. Listen, one of the reasons God is blessing this place is because this is a generous house. 
One of the reasons God's hand, God's hand is on this place is because this is a, a united church. Do you believe that about your church? It's a generous place. It's a united place. There are people like, I just, every time I'm here, there's just this synergy of focus. People living on mission. People living towards their one job. People say, there are a lot of great churches all over the place. And praise God for his church all over the world. But those who call this place home, you've said, you know what? We have bought into the direction of the vision of this place. So when you start thinking about relocating to the new facility, there is only one reason why Pastor Scott is doing all of this prayer, all of this work, all of this planning, all of the strategy and all that. He believes that we can reach more people by doing that than if we don't. And he's saying, I've got one job. It's to reach as many people as I can. And then God starts bringing something that really is a God story, the way this whole thing's just rolling out. It's so cool to hear this story. But the way God's bringing this story together, anybody who's paying attention, anybody who's looking at this thing, you're going, God's doing that. Man, that's a God story. Wow, you're hearing some of them already. You haven't even moved into the new facility yet. But here's what it looks like when it's personal. It's not, it's not over there going, go ahead, Summit Park. Go ahead, Pastor Scott. Hey, we, hey, that's awesome. That's great. There's something inside of you that says, this house, this is God's house. This is my house. This is my family. I'm a, I'm a part of this. What does it look like to make it a priority, make it practical? It's like, this is personal. I'm not just looking at it going, hey, you know what? We're really excited about it. Honey, you got a five? Drop in the offering today. That's for the building. That is for moving forward. You're welcome. No, there's something that rises up in you that says life on this earth is short. Eternity is really, 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 really long. The only reason I'm still here is to reach more people while I still can. And you'll start finding yourself living the most incredibly blessed, the most radical life imaginable to where you're going to be inviting five people. Something crazy, like you had eight friends come to the tailgate party. Something crazy, like God speaks to your heart, something you're supposed to do for the building. You're like, Lord, that's more than I've ever given in my life. And God goes, jump in. Have fun. One job. Get after it. And you'll find yourself caught up in miracle stories, awesome stories, that really comes down to the whole purpose of the series. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do believe, as I've just been thinking about all that God's doing in the life of this church and thinking about the facility, I believe that God's allowing us to see a picture of what he's up to. This place is filled. That place, it won't be long once you move in. That place will be filled. I think that God's giving us a picture of what we're doing in heaven. He's saying, I want you to fill up heaven, empty out hell. The reason why this really counts and really matters, there's a real heaven to be gained and a real hell to be avoided. Time is short. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to be in heaven. But between now and then, God used me to bring as many people as I can with me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to pray for you today. And with heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, I wonder how many of you would just say, Scotty, I want to be used of the Lord 
Scotty, I want to say yes today to God. Today, I want to say, God, I give you my everything. I want to be a bringer. This first prayer is just for those of you, you're already following Jesus. You're just willing to give God your everything and say, God, use me at your work, at your school, in your neighborhood, with your friends, with your family. You would just say, you know what, Scotty? Pray for me. I, I want to pray today that God would use me to be a bringer, that I would reach people, that I'd do my one job of telling people about Jesus. Come on, would you raise your hand all over the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. Lord, I pray for every single person who's saying yes, they'll be a bringer. Lord, would you anoint them? Would you empower them? Would you use them to bring people into heaven instead of hell? In Jesus' name we pray. Before I finish, I want to pray for one other group. Heads still bowed and eyes still closed. Can I tell you, it's not by chance that you're here today, and I hope you won't click off. Stay, stay dialed in for just a minute more because this is not by accident. God's he's wanting to speak to your heart right now. And if you would say, man, I don't know about this whole thought of, of my one job and out give my life to telling people about Jesus. I personally, I don't even know what I believe in God, or I don't know about this whole church thing. I want you to know that here's the story of the gospel is that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to live a perfect, sinless life on earth so that he could be the ultimate perfect sacrifice, so that he could be qualified to pay for your sin debt and mine. The story of God's love is that Jesus gave himself up and said, I'm going to pay that price. He did it for you. He did it for me. And because of that, we can be forgiven of our sins we can have a fresh start, a clean slate. Some of you need that today. You're walking through something that's difficult. You're walking through hurt. You've, you've been involved in, in sin, and you just feel weighted down. You feel dirty. You just feel heavy over. You feel burdened. I want you to know he can change you from the inside out. All you have to do is receive his free gift of grace. And so I'm going to pray for you today. If you say, Scotty, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. Maybe at one point you were walking with God, but you've gotten off track. Today can be the day that you come home. You say, Scotty, pray for me. I want to go to heaven instead of hell. If that's you, before I pray, just by an uplifted hand, you'd say, include me in that prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Come on, would you raise it up right now without hesitation? Awesome, awesome. Hands are going up in every single section. South Campus, just lift your hand right now. Just so if you're watching online right now, I just want everybody who wants to make Jesus Lord of your life and all of us, can we pray this prayer together? Say, dear God, come on, pray it out loud with me. Say, dear God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Today I surrender my life to you. I want to make you Lord of my life. From this moment on, I want to follow you with all of my heart. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord today for saving souls. Thank you, Jesus.